Hey guys, welcome back to A Slut with Morals. It's your host, Ruby May. Um, you can follow my Twitter at RubyMay1993, my Instagram at young.goddess.memes, and the new Facebook page at A Slut with Morals. Um, I'm proud to announce that this podcast is now available on eight, okay, that's right, eight different listening apps. We have Breaker, Google, Overcast, Pocket, uh, Radio Public, Copy RSS, Spotify, and Anchor. Um, so with each of you being solely responsible for this success, um, a huge, huge thank you to each and every one of you. This is also the first podcast that I am uh, video recording so that I can put it on YouTube um, so that we can have, you know, another way to listen to my dumb word vomit, I guess. So without further ado, here we go. On today's episode, it consists of something in I'm honestly extremely passionate about, um, and and that's it, it, it's always about accepting yourself, but but um, for who you are, but others as well. Um, but the more important one, of course, is always yourself. So, do the labels we place on ourselves make us or break us? And do the labels we place on others make or break them? I know you're probably thinking, why does that even matter, right? I mean, I know we aren't in high school uh, anymore, but um, or at least this isn't high school, right? This is supposedly the real world, and I'm using quotation marks for that because isn't it, though? I mean, I know we aren't in high school at all, but um, or, or maybe some of you are, and those that you are in high school and you're listening to me, you guys are. Thank you. Um but doesn't it, don't so certain social gatherings sometimes feel like you're going in high school? Um, sometimes that's going with family. Sometimes it's hanging out with friends. Sometimes it's going to your local bar and you know who hangs out with who. Um, so, or, or even, you know, like I remember when the, the first step I took into the corporate world, I felt like a freshman taking my first step into high school. Um, although I knew I was going to make new friends, you know, you're still stepping into a world where everyone already has friends. And sometimes you don't, you don't always feel yourself fit in, um, not because you can't make friends, but probably because this isn't exactly the place for you. Or because you, you know, you have to put on a mask and pretend that you are somebody else for eight hours of the day um, instead of being, you know, the real 100% authentic you. So hopefully after this podcast, uh, you will learn to not be so quick to judge others or you can use your sense of judgment for better judgment. Um, and it's so weird and so interesting how when we first see someone, the we automatically begin to label them without even knowing them. For instance, uh, you can go into Walmart, you know, and the first person you see is someone skinny um, and beautiful. And the first thing you think of is, well, she probably never has to buy her own drinks, which is probably true. Um, if they're fat, that's probably because all they do is sit around at home and they don't do anything other than eat. Um, lazy. Jacked up, we think steroid freak, um, crackhead, suburban housewife, probably wears sandals while barbecuing. We all know who I'm talking about on that one. 
maybe we can even judge someone as being a coffee fiend. You know, sometimes it, uh, the labels that we put on people are a little bit more negative. Poor, ugly, slut, poor, man whore, stupid, idiot. Um, I mean, the list can go on and on. I'm guilty of it. Shit. You know, I, I, I used to catch myself staring at a man's hand and thinking, possibly smallest dick ever. But I've also stopped doing it, and this is how. So my first label example is fat. So fat. Um, so when you do this, you do it because you saw them do something kind of fatty, or maybe they just walked in and they're overweight. Um, they've reached, they probably reached for another taco or the last slice of pizza, or you know they ate their kid's food because the kid didn't finish it, which literally almost all moms are guilty of. You have to have exceptional willpower to not reach over and grab your kid's chicken nugget, half-eaten chicken nugget with, like, ketchup on the sides, you know? Um, and I'm like, I mean, everyone, yeah, you have to have extreme willpower to not do that. I, I do it. My kid, you know, my oldest kid will reach over and eat her sister's food. I mean, it's just something that I feel like we all do. Um, but there's some people that, like I said, they have the willpower and they don't do that. Kudos. Now, in this person's head, you know, the person that you already labeled fat, um, they already know that you've already labeled them fat, you know? Um, so it, it kind of gets hard for them, for this person to get away and move from that label because when you have an insecurity such as being overweight, it creates a type of anxiety. Um, when I was at my heaviest, I, I didn't want to go to the store. I didn't want to um, go to school. I didn't want to even drop off my kid at school because what if I ran into someone that I went to school with and they're going to think, wow, she's really fucking big now, which, you know, it, it was true. I, I was at my heaviest in high school. I think my heaviest was 145. And when I reached my heaviest, I was almost 100 pounds over that. So, I mean, it, to me, it was embarrassing, you know, like to me, it was something that should not have happened. Obviously, it did. Um, I could have taken better control of it, but I did not. Um, but I mean, there, there are people that are overweight that because of that certain anxiety, the one that I was just talking about, they can't just walk into a gym um, and start using all the all the same machines that you that you use. Um, so because mostly they just aren't comfortable as to who as to um, they aren't they, they just aren't comfortable yet. They aren't comfortable with themselves. They aren't comfortable with these machines. They aren't comfortable with thinking that other people are looking at them, thinking, "Oh my God, that's fucking gross," you know. Um, or, or maybe, you know, this person that's, that's a little heavier, maybe they love tacos and absolutely just can't say no to that last one, or maybe they, you know, they should, but they don't want to. And so what, like, who doesn't love a bomb ass taco, you know, give them a bit of a chance at the gym. Or if you're the gym guru, like you're, you know, the one that's there every day, except for Sunday, um, let them know that you're available for advice. If they don't, if they can't find an available trainer, you know, let them know like, Hey, um, I'm here every day. Like I've seen you come in Good job. Um, I've seen you come in four days in a row or whatever. If you ever have questions and you can't find a trainer, I'm more than happy to help you. Um, 
you know, and, and that's just because having someone support you like that creates a better view of who, not just, you know, who you are, but of the possibilities of what they can do as well, you know? Um, and the reason that that label is so hard to get rid of is because this person could lose all the weight. And in your eyes, there's still the fat person that lost a bunch of weight, um, which is, you know, they, they always say like, once you're fat, you're always fat. And that's just because, you know, you could lose 60, 70 pounds, but inside you still feel like that gross fat person that you used to be. You, you know, like I lost 50 pounds and some days I'm just like, oh, I'm so disgusting to look at, which is crazy because I'm not at my heaviest anymore, you know, which was, like I said, 50, well, now with quarantine, it's like 40 pounds ago, but still. Um, but another label that is really hectic, well, not hectic, but I guess like it goes heavy with it is lazy. Like once you have labeled someone as lazy, no matter how much effort they put in, they cannot please you. Um, for example, your spouse, you know, comes home after a long day at work and um, you have been sitting around all day. Or maybe you just, they caught you sitting around with the kids taking a break, right? And, um, or you come home and you catch your spouse on the couch just sitting there and it looks like they've been sitting on their ass all day and not doing a goddamn thing. And you're like, what the fuck? You know, you're like, really? They were home all fucking day. Like they were too lazy to just get up and do the dishes. Like they couldn't get up, pour soap, and then just add a little water and scrub it for a bit. You know, so in your head, you're like, well, I guess now I got to fucking do it. And, um, but in reality, they probably clean the whole house top to bottom all day long, but they didn't get to the dishes because they did 17 loads of laundry while in some miraculous way were able to keep the kids alive and fed. And now their, their teeth are brushed and they're ready for you to put them to bed or help put them to bed or read them a bedtime story or play with them or what have you, you know? Um, but because this one time, 18 months ago, you called them lazy one time, you know, because you had to do the dishes. Uh, so in your brain, they're forever lazy. And because they can't please you and escape that label, their efforts continuously decrease. I mean, in your mind, they're, you know, they're already lazy. So why not just go ahead and be lazy? Right. Um, that's, I mean, or maybe, you know, like they, they did do the dishes and then the dishes that are in the sink now, those are a whole brand new set of dishes. I mean, there's so many different scenarios that could have happened all motherfucking day long and you don't know because you weren't there because you were at work in front of a computer or doing whatever it is that you do. And wifey was at home or hubby, you know, like I, I do understand the gender roles um, are almost obsolete now. You know, if you're a house husband, that's great. Um, but uh I mean, you just don't know what the hell happened all day. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's almost like I remember being married and I felt like I had to take a picture of every chore that I did and send it to my husband, my ex-husband, just so that he would be pleased that I did something. I mean, there's it's just so crazy that, you know, these things happen and we're so unaware of them because we lack empathy towards other people. It's just I mean, that's crazy. Another favorite example of mine is the label slut or whore. Um, and maybe, you know, this person even isn't a slut or a whore. You know, maybe they're just open about their sexuality, but because society thinks that it's not okay to be open about their sexuality and promiscuity, 
um, you also believe that it is not okay for someone to be open about their sexuality and their promiscuity. Um, so, but you know, who's to say that they're not being safe or that the partners they choose um, have proof that they're clean? You know, um, to me, a slut is someone that's you know on a nightly gangbang and doesn't care about protection and or catching an STD and giving it back out. Like, I feel like that's pretty whorish. You know, I'd like that's the only thing that I can think of that would be whorish. Um, examples of this could be like Miley Cyrus and Taylor Swift. In the same nine years that Miley Cyrus dated two men, you guys, um, and then married one of those men, Taylor Swift dated around 12 to 15 guys. Uh, but so Miley, you know, like after getting her heart completely blasted and shattered, acted out and in, I mean, she acted out in beautiful heathenous ways, you know, and was totally labeled a whore. Taylor Swift made entire albums and made billions of dollars off these albums and was labeled as troubled. Trouble to me just means that you have a slight reputation. Guys, let's be real. Taylor Swift, um, is a little bit more than trouble to me. If I had to, you know, choose a label to describe her, it would probably be psychotic. Um, and that's just someone that uh, is needy and clingy and annoying and probably needs a lot of, you know, validation on the daily. Um, and a lot of the times you just don't have enough time and enough energy to give that much to someone that is craving it all the time and that needs it all the time, you know? Um, so... And then I'm going to interject a little bit of my own story here. Um, as someone who was once labeled as obnoxious, I felt a certain way because I was labeled by someone that not only did I really like, I really trusted. Um, and if you guys don't know, obnoxious in the dictionary means abhorrent, extremely unpleasant, annoying, disgusting, hateful, nasty, reprehensible. I mean, when he told me I was obnoxious, I almost lost my shit. You know, I, I felt horrible. I felt utterly just unworthy of my own self. You know, we end up creating labels for people without even really knowing them. And it gets so hard to be able to escape that label from a person's mind because when you're labeled that during a heated moment, um, a moment of discussion, a moment where there's bad and malevolent feelings, um, and because they think differently from you, you may label them as dumb or stupid, you know? And so here's my other question is, do labels create rejection? We begin to believe that we are unworthy due to something someone called us. So their rejection, when they're mad or annoyed uh, by our own behavior, they aren't accepting the idea that this is who you are. This isn't. Uh, this isn't you. You know, this isn't the way that you feel. Um, is something that they don't want to understand. It's something that they don't want to accept. And boom. Here comes a little bit more word vomit, okay? Uh, so you're sitting there and you're trying to process what this person just said about you and you go, oh shit, am I, am I really what they just called me? Am I stupid? Am I dumb? Am I obnoxious? You know, like I obsessed about that word obnoxious to the point, I mean, it resonated so deep in me to the point that I got just so deeply depressed. You know, I, I started thinking of all of my flaws. Um, I don't have nice teeth. I'm sometimes, yes, I am annoying. Sometimes I know a little bit too much information. Sometimes I'm a know-it-all. Sometimes, you know, I'm, uh, I, I, I tried to defend myself when I'm feeling attacked. Um, and I think that we all do that. I feel like that that's just something that, you know, we all do, in, you know, as in a moment of defense when we, when we feel cornered. Um, and I couldn't even think, I mean, I started thinking about my flaw so bad that I couldn't even think about 
my good qualities or my traits that, you know, that make me, me, you know, I just kept thinking I'm unpleasant. I'm horrible. I'm repulsive. Um, I ended up texting my best friend, Josie and Josie kind of helped me slip out of that. Um, because yeah, you know, I texted her and, and she's just like, what's going on? You've been quiet for a few days. Um, you know, and, and when I told her, she gasped, I remember this. And she said, what the fuck, you know? Um, but God bless her. She ended up lifting me up and reminded me that, um, reminded me of my caring nature, of my empathy towards others, my resilience to the outside world, um, my perseverance, my sense of humor, which is the reason that you guys are probably listening to this. Follow me on my Twitter, my Instagram, the Facebook. Um, and, and thank you so much once again, because you guys are the reason that I keep doing this. Okay. Uh, so please believe me when I say that for every one bad label that someone puts on you or someone else has placed on you or you put on yourself, there are probably 10 other traits in you that make you great, funny, amazing, trustworthy. And please remember that, like, that is so important that you remember who you are in the midst when everything you feel is just not going correctly and it's not going right. Um, and the way I stop labeling others is by turning those bad ones into good ones. So if someone comes in, you know, when, back when I worked as a um, receptionist, whenever someone mean would come in, I would try to remember, not remember them as the bitch from Tuesday. I would try to be like, oh, uh, that's the, uh, the bitch with the amazing eyebrows, right? I mean, <laughs> one time I had an unpleasant customer. Uh, that over the phone, I just wanted to wring her by the neck, like really just like grasp, you know, and just kind of twist a little bit. Um, but when she came into the office, she brought her kids and she was just such an attentive mother, so caring and so nurturing. And she was honestly, she was just really, really nice. And then I realized like this woman that day was probably having a really bad day and, or maybe her kids in the background had just pissed her off. And so when she called, she didn't even mean to be unpleasant. She just was, you know? Um, and, and it just like came out through her voice that she was just not having a good day. So, you know, if you see someone fat, find their pretty eyes or amazing cheekbones or their amazing sense of style. Um, you know, if someone, um, with too much muscle, focus on their sense of humor. I've noticed that bodybuilders have a type of body dysmorphia and sometimes they just want to be hugged. You know, they want to be listened to and they want to be, you know, they want to laugh. Remember that the labels you create for others and even yourself makes it so hard to escape them. So always turn it into a positive. Um, but if someone keeps calling you something and it is consistent and it's not just one person, it has been more than one person, um, dissect that label that you were placed you know, like if someone calls you an asshole and more than one person has called you an asshole, take that time to pull yourself apart and see if you can become a better person. Um, if you're overweight and unhappy about it, go for a walk. Don't eat so many, you know, chips or whatever. Um, I remember about a year ago I tweeted and I put it on my Facebook as well. And even on my Instagram now that I think about it, um, if someone made you a t-shirt with your label on it, what would yours say? Um, and I remember reading all of the comments. A lot of the comments were something honestly really terrible. Um, I had a friend of mine post overbearing and that kind of like threw me for a loop.
So I messaged her and I asked, well, you know, are you overbearing? And she said, well, that's what my husband calls me. So I said, why? You know, I asked why. And what this woman said is, I see him and I see so much potential. I want him to be better, do better, and I tell him so. Now, you guys, when you're in a relationship and someone sees you and really sees and values your worth, they will push you to be the best you that you can be, okay? If your partner sees, unless you make horrible choices and do these horrible choices, they aren't the person for you, okay? The the person meant for you, I mean, like the soulmate type is going to want you to look good, feel good, smell good, be successful, and overall, just make sure that you are the best you. Even when you only feel 80% yourself, you know, they're still going to make sure that that the next, that tomorrow you'll feel the other 20% and you're going to feel a hundred, you know? Um, and this woman's man, like, didn't want that, didn't want that at all. Didn't want any of that. So he called her overbearing, which made her insecure. She felt self-conscious to the point where she ended up just doing everything herself due to feeling, you know, due to feeling like she's walking on eggshells, um, because she just didn't want it to create another argument where he would bring that up. And she just didn't want to hear it anymore. You know, and this was something that was constant, And so I remember telling her, I'm like, well, if you are overbearing, you know, maybe you just need to take a step back. Um, A year later, (laughs) she's a single mom now because she'd honestly rather raise her son to just be the best man she wished his father could be. Um, And that's so shitty to think that here was this loving woman, you know, this caring, beautiful woman that wants you to do and be better. And now she's alone you know, raising her kid alone. Um, so labels, I feel it can definitely break us. Um, but if you dissect them and you make, you know, you make the changes and you better yourself over them, then they can definitely make you. And so now my question to you is, if you had a label that everyone could see, what would it say? And why would it say that? Would you dissect it and turn it into something better? Or leave it. All right, you guys, that's the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Be safe and wash your hands.